Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Local Voices. I'm Brad Ford. This week, we'll preview the American Cancer Society's Hope Gala. We'll get an update from Oregon Congressman Kurt Schrader on a variety of issues, including the regulation of pharmaceutical prices for seniors, infrastructure, and an update on the effort to protect threatened salmon runs in the Columbia River. Plus, one way to fight rising consumer prices. The American Cancer Society Hope Gala is coming up on November 20th in Portland. It's your opportunity to help in the efforts against all cancers. This year, nearly 2 million people in the U.S. will be diagnosed with cancer. And in Oregon and Washington, that number is nearly 67,000. Besides funding research, the American Cancer Society provides support to patients, free rides to treatment, and free lodging to cancer patients and their caregivers. The Multnomah Medical Clinic is title sponsor of the Portland Hope Gala and President Brent Jaffe joins us on Local Voices. Brent, uh, when is the event and how can people participate? Well, thank you so much. Uh, the event is coming up. It's this Saturday, November 20th. Um, it's going to be at the Nines Hotel, which is a fantastic venue. This year, uh, the in person uh, live event is sold out, uh, but um, people can participate at home in the digital option uh, and program where uh, you can visit portlandhopegala.org for more information on how you can do that. Sounds like a very cool event. The theme this year is Escape to Casablanca. That'll really kind of bring the charm of old Hollywood to the event this year. Yeah, we're excited about dressing up and having a good time, uh, bogey style. Um, You know, we... We expect uh, people to have a good time, and hopefully that uh, gets everybody relaxed and they focus on the real task at hand, which is raising money to uh, fight cancer. Absolutely. What will the donations for this event help support? I appreciate that question. The general funds raised for the digital and the in-person events support the American Cancer Society's mission to save lives, celebrate lives, and lead the fight for a world without cancer. This includes innovative cancer research as well as impactful resources and programs such as prevention and early detection, education, rides to treatment, lodging, one-on-one support, uh, so much, so much more too. And additionally, we'll be fighting back against childhood cancers during the event's paddle raise. With all the funds during this portion restricted to the American Cancer Society's goal together, for Childhood Cancers Initiative. So both guests at home and in the audience will be able to participate in this important piece. So again, if people aren't able to attend the event, is there a way they can still make a donation? Yeah, for sure. You can join us uh, online for the digital event. You can make a donation. There's also uh, um, auction items uh, that are up that you can bid on online at portlandhopegala.org. There's so many amazing and unique packages for people to bid on. Um, 
including local items, local sports favorites like the Trailblazers, the Timbers, the Ducks, as well as vacations all over the place, uh, flyaway opportunities to Napa Valley wineries, lots of packages, um, one-of-a-kind wines. Uh, so uh, you can donate, but also uh, do it by bidding on some exciting merchandise or if you just want to make a donation or uh, get involved with the paddle raise, uh, you can do all of that on the website at portlandhopegala.org. Yeah, how does that paddle raise work? Is it, is it uh, do they just kind of go around and, and then make donations that way? Yes, it's a lot of fun and can get uh, a little bit crazy. Um, uh, but uh, hopefully everybody gets in the spirit of raising a lot of money for a great cause, uh, fighting children's cancer. Terrific. Why don't you give us the uh, website again? PortlandHopeGala.org. Again, uh, we're going to be um, in person and uh, virtual on the 20th of November, uh, this coming Saturday. So hopefully uh, we get to see everybody out here. Terrific. Brent, anything else you'd like to add that I didn't ask you about? Well, I really uh, appreciate you giving us the time to take the call. Uh, Multnomah Medical Clinic has been supporting the American Cancer Society uh, since um, we started uh, here in Portland. We're very excited to be able to partner with them and sponsor such a great event. Uh, so thank you so much for letting us come on uh, and, and talk to you about it, Brett. Thank you to uh, Brent Jaffe, president of the Multnomah Medical Clinic, which is the title sponsor for the American Cancer Society's Portland Hope Gala. It's coming up on November 20th. You can make a donation or you can find out more at portlandhopegala.org. iHeartRadio's Mark Mason from 1190KEX talked with Oregon Representative Kurt Schrader about a variety of issues, including regulation of pharmaceutical prices for seniors, infrastructure, and an update on the effort to protect threatened salmon runs in the Columbia River. Jimmer Butler uh, and I, she's a Republican rep across the river, Clark County, and uh, she and I had sponsored some uh, legislation, I guess three years ago, that passed. Uh, to stop the sea lion predation on the salmon in the uh, Columbia rivers and its tributaries. And we just wanted to check in with uh, ODFW and WFW about, you know, how it was working uh, and everything. And uh, it was a very thought good visit. I mean, just impressive. Uh, uh, Bonneville's a little behind Willamette Falls in terms of implementation. Uh, and uh, they were saying at, at Willamette Falls, you know, before our legislation, there was a like a 90, 95% probability the winter steelhead and spring chinook would go extinct. And now it's less than 50% chance. Uh, just based on the legislation we passed, they're hoping to duplicate that on the uh, Columbia River. I cannot believe it's been that long because you and I have talked about that plan for some time. I, I At one point, I thought sea lions were going to take over some of the docks down near Willamette Falls, yeah. uh, like, kind of like San Francisco's Pier 39. Once they, once they're there, you can't stop it. You know, it's just, uh, but, uh, uh, that's good to hear. And, and let's hope that it works as well up at the Columbia, as well as it did at Willamette Falls. Let's, let's get to the meat and potatoes here. The bipartisan infrastructure deal. Uh, it passed yeah. the house. It's done. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's ready to go. And, uh, I, I guess the big question is here, Congressman, 
Uh, when will we see tangible results? Well, it'll probably take a little while, being very honest with everyone out there. there's uh, I've learned, being at Congress, there's a significant time lag between us actually implementing a bill and then it actually getting out there on the ground. But uh, the good news is, uh, you know, all our agencies that need to uh, gear up for this once-in-a-lifetime investment in our infrastructure can now do so over the winter months uh, and be prepared for that spring uh, building season out there. Uh, I mean, this it's just a it's a wonderful bill, nice bipartisan bill. Everyone in America agrees we need to get our infrastructure yeah. put back together and be able to compete. So it, you know, it was just a great vote for our roads and bridges, our broadband, water and sewer systems, especially for our smaller communities, uh, and a lot on energy resilience. Goodness gracious, we as I said, with wildfires and ice storms, we see in the Pacific Northwest how important that is. And this, this, these are the biggest investments we've seen since Eisenhower started the highway system, biggest investments ever in public transit and water, uh, broadband. I mean, this could hopefully connect every community. Every house should have, well, almost every house anyway, should have near access to uh, broadband. I mean, this is hopefully transformational. So it's just a huge win. We've been fighting for months trying to get the vote on this. There are some people not wanting to do it uh, in a timely manner. And we just said, to your point, if we don't get this done, you know, this year, this at, at this point in time, the agencies are not going to be able to get uh, their planning done and we would miss a whole nother uh, building season. So we're very, very excited. We're hopefully get to go to the signing ceremony on Monday. Did your progressive colleagues feel they had to allow this to happen because they, they were holding up the show uh, for the longest time? Uh, uh, was there pressure after the Virginia election? I think so. I think so. I mean, people realize you got to get some stuff done. I mean, some folks go to Congress and all they got want to do is wave the flag about the one true faith. They have their pure way of doing things. And that, that's not what we're elected to do, Mark. We're elected to actually get something done. And maybe it's not exactly perfect, but, you know, it's a big country. And uh, a lot of folks have different ideas about how things should be done. And you got to take that into account if you want to sure. move uh, move everyone forward. I think that's our, our goal in Congress, move everyone forward. And so they felt the pressure. They felt the heat. Still, some of them didn't vote for the thing. I, I don't know how they explain not voting for uh, these transform- transformational paid-for investments uh, back home. But I'm, I'm just pleased. My Problem Solvers Caucus worked really hard to put this together, and we hung in there together. My Republican colleagues, believe it or not, took a lot of grief from their leadership for voting for it. There was, uh, I think, uh, 13 Republicans that voted for it, so it was a good bipartisan bill. But it would have been a bunch more, but they were whipping against it, and it's it's bad. It's sad when when it's gotten to that level of partisanship in Congress. You can't even, you know, unite behind uh, again this this huge great investment that will put you know millions of Americans to work. I was about to ask you what you thought of your thirteen colleagues that that did vote for it and are now being pummeled by the party. Uh, I. I um... I mean, what are they doing? Uh, What are they telling you? You don't have to name names, but are they rolling their eyes? Are they concerned that they did that? Well, they're a little concerned. They're a little concerned. I mean, one of my friends, uh, uh, Republican friends who voted for this, uh, released an email he had gotten, or no, it's a phone message, I guess, about I'm coming for your effing family. I'm going to get effing you. I mean, it was just horrible. I mean, it was the, the world has gotten crazy, Mark. So this is politics. It's about uh, good governance. It's about arranging priorities. It's not about life and death, you know, for 
different members. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about voting your district, voting your conscience, uh, and having a little respect for someone like that. If you don't like it, you just vote them out the next time. But it has been very, very difficult for, and frankly, for some of us that have been pushing hard uh, on our side, believe it or not. You know, we've we've taken some incoming and a lot of misinformation out there. So, uh, but there are men and women in, in the United States Congress willing to stand in there uh, for their districts uh, and for the principles that you know we got elected on. Uh, well, let's see what happens. Uh, it amuses me that they they could be the, the people who make those phone calls are are the very ones likely to benefit from something like that. Smoother roads, better infrastructure, better uh, distribution of yeah. goods in this country. Now uh, uh, there is the the Build Back Better program which uh, is still going to be hanging fire for a while. The Senate's got to look at this closely. Uh, you uh, helped strike a prescription drug compromise that will benefit yeah. especially no. seniors. Can you kind of give us the Reader's Digest version of this? <laughs> sure, sure. You know, there's a lot of misinformation. I think we had talked a previous show about Kurt Schrader being against, you know, reducing drug prices and negotiation. And all that was completely false. Uh Again, that was put out by uh, that. That narrative was put out by you know far left folks that would just want to keep doing the same thing. And unfortunately, as I said before, you get the same result. Nothing. Nothing actually happens. And so I worked really hard over the last two years with uh, a buddy of mine from Southern California to craft an alternative uh, bill that would actually reduce drug prices, uh, out of pocket costs for seniors dramatically, maximum of two thousand a month, uh, keep the uh, drug price increases on drugs that have been out there for a while uh, to inflation or below, and allow negotiation in the Part B space, which is a very expensive injectable biologics. We have since been able to negotiate to uh, a bill that actually also allows us to negotiate reduced drug prices in Part D. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, you know, we're and at this we work closely with the Senate. My, my concern all along had been, you know, we could do whatever we want on the House side. We already passed a, a bill twice that went nowhere in the Senate. So I was very uh, concerned that we need to have a bill that would actually pass muster in the Senate. And we have uh, we have that. And so just on Thursday night, Friday morning of this past week, I think we confirmed the language with leadership, made sure both the Senate and the House agree. Uh, some language will be put in on the Senate side. Uh, but it's going to be a huge, again, a game changer. This is for the. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Since, since Medicare Part D was set up where, you know, we actually did some uh, help for seniors on the expensive prescriptions out there. Was that 2004, 2005? This is the most transformational change here in prescription drug prices. Now, uh, the maximum out of pocket cost that a senior is going to pay is maybe two grand a year and that's going to be spread out you can spread that out uh amortize that out over the course of the year and then we got the drug companies to pick up part of the cost uh there's no more donut hole for seniors i mean and it applies to us out here in the commercial marketplace so it's good it's going to be great mark it's really it's really going to reduce costs for for everyone in our country it does shield new drugs and it applies to fewer drugs there'll be smaller discounts but 
This was a balance, I understand, as I understand it, Congressman, to not hinder the development of new drugs and new research. Is that right? Well, that is the kind of the, the threading the needle here. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the pharmaceutical companies themselves. It was the Congressional Budget Office and other more authoritative, independent uh, uh, people that said, yo, you know, if, if you crank it down too tight, uh, we will lose the opportunity to have some of these uh, these life-saving medications out there, like the COVID-19 vaccine. It yeah. probably would not have gotten developed in record time like it did here if we had had, you know, a very draconian penalty system uh, forcing folks uh, to uh, give up their opportunity to earn back some of that investment during that you know, exclusive patent period. So we tried to find that sweet spot in between. Uh, we keep the exclusive periods in there. So these companies that uh, do invest their own resources uh, can recoup to some of that. But at the same time, uh, realize that after that, uh, you quit gaming the system. You don't get to game your patent. You have to actually develop and put this these drugs uh, uh, up there for generic competition. And so it, it was a good compromise, I think. Uh, uh, it's got to be a good compromise because uh, far left doesn't like it. The pharmaceutical sure. companies don't like it. So I think we're probably right in the sweet spot of getting the job done and keeping these life-saving medications to Americans here in this oh, country. And flax coming from all directions for just about everybody in Congress right now. So um, this has all got to be approved by the Senate. This uh, uh, yeah. this Build Back Better program, is, is it in the hands of the Senate now? No, not quite. Not quite. Uh, as I alluded to, we're just, we just finished working on the wording of the prescription drug piece uh, Friday. Um, still some estimates coming in. Okay. Uh, the CBO, right. the Congressional Budget Office has not had a chance to uh, put their their pen to paper on that we want to see before we decide to spend not just on the prescription drug side that'll actually save us money but there's a lot of other programs uh, you know some very good like the child care program that we want to make sure we got the cost down right and know exactly what we're what we're voting for uh, before we vote so that hopefully is going to be done uh, next week uh, we actually work closely with the progressive caucuses to make sure that they had some assurity that we were, you know, not trying to uh, undermine their efforts in that area. They put a lot of effort there, giving credit. Uh, but we want to make sure, again, that it's paid for and uh, that the text is what it says it is. Uh, uh, so hopefully that'll come about. CBO feels they'll get uh, most of that done by uh, sometime next week. And hopefully we'll pass that out of the House then at that point. And then, then, as you said, it will go to the Senate. And CBO will have to do a more a broader interactive score because some of these different uh, provisions uh, will change how another provision in the bill uh, is likely to respond or cost. And that will occur as the Senate goes through its voterema on different amendments and what have you. And then we'll we'll get it back. So hopefully, uh, you know, before the end of the year, hopefully before Christmas, we'll have this back in our laps and be able to get it across the finish line. All right. Uh, <laughs> that That is good news. Uh, very quickly, uh, you are uh, in town, too. Uh, talking about the specialty crop industry in Oregon. And I'm going like, wow, that's, uh, uh, there's a whole separate uh, category for, for crops. What are specialty (laughs) crops? They're the crops we grow here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Basically the simpler, uh, I think uh, way to look at it is that it's not one of the big, bigger commodity crops like wheat or uh, corn or rice or soybeans or sorghum that, we see uh, right. grown in middle America and, and it's in the South. Uh, these are crops like uh, Christmas trees, uh, okay. like vegetables, fruits, you know, those 
types of things that, uh, frankly, we excel at in the Pacific Northwest. And it was great news. Uh, we've worked hard with the industry here. Uh, you know, we have a farm ourselves, so we're very, very tuned into our farming communities here in our state and certainly in my district. And we were able to get secure two big uh, uh, grants uh, with Oregon State University being the lead administrator uh, for these grants here in Oregon and the Pacific Northwest to really uh, uh, put some innovation behind, uh, especially crops. You know, we need to come up with new new uh, new hybrids uh, to withstand diseases or pestilence, uh, uh, make sure they can handle the weather as it changes. And uh, the industry itself puts some money in. Uh, and then we put a little money in from the federal government. It's, it, we're not guaranteeing it. It's not like a direct payments where you get money just for growing stuff. This is, uh, this is to help the industry develop uh, uh, the tools it needs to continue to grow and develop and stay ahead of uh, uh, you know, the, the problems that uh, the industry continually faces as these, these bugs and the weather changes and we yeah. have to adapt to it. That's Representative Kurt Schrader from Oregon's 5th Congressional District. Consumer prices are on the rise with inflation up 6% over this time last year. Negotiating prices could be more important than ever. Mark Mason has more. If you're looking at a new or used car, secondhand item, uh, rent prices, even a raise with your boss joining us to help walk us through uh, relearning how to negotiate. Andreas Lares, he is the managing partner at Shapiro Negotiations Institute, and uh, he's with me now. And am I right, Andreas? We, uh, we've kind of maybe lost uh our edge on negotiating but it, it it can come back we can get we can get it back absolutely and, and really a lot of negotiations about confidence and and i will say that one of the best ways to think about it for those that are if you're still feeling unsure about bringing it up whether it's for a salary so getting a raise or you know when you're purchasing a, a used car whatever it could be is that you know having the objective standard that you can point to in this case inflation is actually helpful so it's almost an excuse so, and it's probably the perfect excuse to get people to get to be comfortable with negotiating again, because you can now point to the fact that I'm not being greedy. I'm not asking you to lower the price of this car because, uh, you know, just because I want to. I'm not asking you to, for a raise just because I'm being greedy. But instead, I'm asking for a raise because if I don't get one, then if I make the same money, the same amount of money this year as I did last year, I'm actually taking home less. And so, uh, that objective standard can, can be very helpful. Um, yes, it's like riding a bike. I mean, we've all done it before. Some people, you know, find it awkward to do, uh, you know, finding just the right moment and the right words to start that negotiation pro process. Is there any real trick to it? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's really interesting you bring that up, both of those things, the right moment and then sort of the right process or the right words, because for the moment, it is, uh, there's, there's, there is some timing involved, and so you should be thoughtful about that. But to some extent, we almost say there isn't never the, there's never the perfect moment. And what I mean by that is those that don't want to negotiate will always find an excuse not to. So, you know, if, if you're listening in, you're probably thinking about, I want to raise, and I've been thinking about asking my boss for one for the last, and, you know, if you fill in how long that is, it could be a very long time. And it's an easy excuse to say, well, the pandemic was starting, things were tough. Now, you know, there's always an excuse. You could always fill in one there. So there isn't always a perfect time. So just be realistic there. As far as finding the right words and sort of having a process around it, the, the key there, one of the easiest ways to do it is scripting. So scripting is to basically write down the key points you want to make. And then you want to either have someone else review it and give you their feedback or take a step away, whether it's, you know, sleep on it or take a few hours away and then come back to it and then refine it your own way. Because 
But what happens is we can't provide you know, exactly what words to use for everything, but just that process scripting where you write it down, what you want to say, you think through it, you come back to it with a fresh perspective, will allow you to fine-tune your message. And the other thing it'll do is it'll make you so much more confident. By the time you actually sort of share that with the other party, you make that ask, it feels like you've already done it before. You've walked through in your head so many times, you feel more confident. And that goes to something we always like to say, which is nothing convinces like conviction. So if you scripted it out, you're confident, you're going to portray it and communicate it more confidently. And as a result, you're much more likely to get the result you want. Uh, that is a great idea. Like coaches will script out the first 20 plays of an NFL football game or the first quarter. It's exactly it. Yeah. It's exactly it. And why do they do that? For that very reason, right? The, the, the people are confident in those plays because they've practiced them a lot. So if, you, if you're going to negotiate um, rent, I mean, what would you write down? For something like that, so uh, when we're negotiating, some of the, the you know some of the tips and tricks for this script that we can provide is you want to think of two ways when you're negotiating. Um, you want to think about discounting, lowering the price, if you will, okay. or you want to think about sort of adding the pie and adding incentives. So if you think of it a lease, so for example, you know discounting very straightforward. So they're asking for eighteen hundred dollars a month, and so you ask, you know, would you be willing to do less? And notice the phrase in there is ideally, let's say you're thinking 1700, we would recommend that you let them make the first offer in case by chance they say 1650, right? You never know. I think all too often we feel like yeah. the other side's always in a position of strength and we're in a position of weakness, but that's not always the case. So asking like, would you be to do less and if so how much gives you a chance to potentially get even better deal than you thought. That's from a discounting perspective. From an incentives perspective, don't forget you can also negotiate by adding things on. So in a lease, that could be, let's say you have a pet, and generally there's a very large security deposit for a pet. Add it on. Okay, well, you could say, you know, can, we, can I maybe have a pet without the additional security deposit? Or let's say parking is extra. You may want to have them throw in parking. And so trying to use both those levers, not just discounting the price, but adding more value at the same price is a great way to do it because depending on who you're negotiating with, it'll be different. Like hotels are much less likely to discount, but they're more likely to improve your room, add breakfast, improve internet, and they actually are negotiable. But you know, um, and you know, a, a used car could be both. Could be add-on free car, you know, free carpets, um, free mats, or it could be discounting the price. But the idea is to try to use both those levers. Look at you! You're you're giving us all sorts of tips. Uh, is there a rapport you have to have with these people because you've never met them before? You walk up and you 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 bump elbows. You do what you do in this day and age. But uh, are you trying to read that person, uh, or is, will small talk do it? So uh, the importance of rapport and, and sort of having that human connection is really underappreciated. I think we all know it if you're negotiating a very important deal at work that takes you know months or years to do. And, of course, I think everyone realizes it there. But I'll give you an example. You know, if we take one that's often not considered where rapport is important, buying a used car. And I bring up that, not to beat up on that, but because generally people think, okay, I'm never going to see this person again. I want to buy the car for as cheap as possible at the dealership and just get the heck out of there. And that's what people are thinking. Well, the reality is the rapport matters. So let's say you're negotiating with someone. You build fairly good rapport quickly with the salesperson. And so you're asking for, you know, eventually what's going to end up being a $1,000 discount on the asking price. Well, if you think about the way that salesperson will go to their manager and they'll ask, um, probably genuinely, uh, unless they know that they can't move, but they'll generally ask their manager whether they can make that move or not, basically for permission. So if you think about how different the approach is, 
if you've built rapport with a person and they say, look, Mark's a pretty good guy. I think he's serious. If I get this thousand dollars off, he's going to buy it. And I like him, you know, and so I want to make this work for him. I think it'd be a perfect fit for him and his family. Well, that's one approach. The other one could be, let's say you don't build rapport. You've been sort of nasty and you, you know, it's, you have not gelled during your conversation so far early on in the buying process. He may go to the sales manager and not push you as much for you. Yeah. I have no idea if Mark will buy it if it's a thousand dollars less. And he's not, you know, that's not, the person still wants to make the sale. They're incentivized to make the sale, but they can't help themselves. It's just, there's an emotional aspect to how we work and how we make decisions that you just can't help. And so in that example, even the most extreme example, why not? Right. So that's, that's just how important rapport is. Uh, Negotiation back in our lives. Uh, And you can learn more at ShapiroNegotiations.com. As a matter of fact, there's a, um, a place right there. You can buy Andres book, uh, he co-authored a book called Persuade, the four-step process to influence people and decisions. And what a great time for that to be available to people, uh, ShapiroNegotiations.com. And Andreas Lares, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I think you're going to help us out here uh, getting through uh, what's going to be some interesting times ahead. The Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine is available for kids ages 5 to 11, but Washington State Acting Assistant Secretary of Health Michelle Roberts says it can be tough for parents to find vaccination appointments. I know pediatric vaccines can be a bit tough to find right now, and I really appreciate people's patience. It's going to take a couple more weeks for the vaccine supply to stabilize. So far, more than 265,000 doses have been delivered into the state, with more arriving each day. Our current allocations show we should receive about 75 additional pediatric doses in our state allocation each week for the next few weeks, but we know there's more demand beyond that. So we have gone ahead and requested additional doses from the federal government. To schedule an appointment to get your child vaccinated, reach out to your pediatrician, your healthcare provider, local pharmacy, or mobile clinic, and to find vaccine locations near you visit the state's vaccine locator website or vaccines.gov. That's Michelle Roberts, the Acting Assistant Secretary of Health in Washington State. Thanks for listening to Local Voices. I'm Brad Ford. You can hear past episodes on the iHeartRadio app under the podcast tab. Local Voices is a public affairs presentation from iHeartRadio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.